Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hey, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, wherever you're listening, you're able to find some small sense of beauty in the world, whether it's in your hands. That's always a great thing to look at. People take our hands for granted. Maybe there's beauty in your hands and the things it holds, the things it carries, the things that they can write and cook and gesture, or maybe even just a simple breath. Let's take a deep breath now here, just to come back to who we are being. (sighs) Yes. Okay, so as of this recording, we have officially started the final month of 2020. So um, to mark the occasion, I'm going to change it up a little bit. And I'm going to actually start the episode with some Rumi. Now, depending on how this episode goes, I may close with Hafez, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, But what I'd like to do is to read this Rumi quote um, poem. It's also a poem. I mean, he's often quoted and the excerpts are extracted from his poems, his longer poems. So I'd like to share the actual poems with you. Um, and to just be thinking about how we can connect with ourselves, connect with our spirits to really call in any spiritual practices that we have, any spiritual practices we want to create, especially during this holiday season, um, a time when people get wrapped up in material things. Um, but I think for 2020, I think we've all gotten the, the wake-up call that what really matters is our people who we love, our health, um, and all the connections we can make with each other as humans. So I'm hoping Rumi can help inspire these next episodes for the month of December in thinking about spiritual practices, spiritual connection, um, as we get ready for this season of giving, the season of love, um, and for some, you know, the season of Christmas. So to start us off, I've got this poem that has a famous quote in there, and I'll see if you can recognize it. But this, the the problem with Rumi, not that he has a problem, is that his poems are not titled. So we're just going to go with the the first line of the poem, and you'll know right away what this is. So I'm just going to start reading. It's rigged, everything in your favor. So there is nothing to worry about. Is there some position you want, some office, some acclaim, some award, some lover, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four, all at once, maybe a relationship with God? I know there is a gold mine in you. When you find it, the wonderment of the earth's gifts, you will lay aside as naturally as does a child a doll. 
but dear, how sweet you look to me, kissing the unreal. Comfort, fulfill yourself in any way possible. Do that until you ache, until you ache, then come to me again. Oh, so beautiful, so beautiful. So the quote that most people are familiar with is that first line. It's rigged everything in your favor. And it's so funny. Um, a lot of people misquote it and just make it their own, which is, you know, what people do. Uh, I think the, the quote that I see a lot is something like, live life as if everything is rigged in your favor. Um, but this, um, but Rumi, I don't think he, um, <laughs> he, he was that direct. Um, so there's a few things I, I'm, curious about and want to dive into with this poem uh, aside from this idea of everything rigged in your favor uh, and it is this relationship we have between the physical three-dimensional world and the spiritual realm the divine the source whatever you call that other I guess, level of, of being. Um, so he's talking about how no matter what we do on this planet, in this physical existence on this earth, it all works out in our favor. And that's why people quote that a lot. You know, it's this idea of like, what would you do different? How would you live your life if you knew that you couldn't fail, if you knew that everything you did brought you closer and closer to the thing that you wanted, the thing that was meant for you, to the life that you ideally want to live, how would you move differently? What decisions might you make differently? Um, and I love this question because a lot of us are living in fear. A lot of us make decisions out of fear because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. We're afraid of, you know, what if it's not the result I want, you know, and, and so sometimes in fear we, we are paralyzed and we don't make a decision at all. Um, but often when we know that, you know, we're pressed to have to make a decision, we make that, that safe decision, the decision where we can guess that what the outcome is and that the outcome will be the thing that's good enough. It's not stellar, it's not outstanding, but it's just good enough. It's like this idea of settling. Um, but what if we knew that the choices that we made, even though they felt scary, even though they felt dangerous in, in terms of um, the unknown, what if we knew and could trust that no matter what we did, it all worked out in our favor? I mean, how amazing, how liberating would that be? So these are, this is one of the things that I'm actually trying to, to practice in my own, uh, in my own life with regard to my, um, my spiritual journey, but also just in who I'm being and how I'm being right now. Um, you know, I, I try to make these decisions based on trust, you know, this, on my intuition, this, this sense that my heart will not lead me astray. So, for example, to take, you know, sort of a 
decision that people can relate to is, um, you know, my kids had this opportunity to go hybrid for their school, uh, a couple days in school, and then three days virtual. And at first I was like, well, I, I don't know if I want to expose them to the possibility of um, coronavirus. And then I was like, all right, well, let let the first run, round of kids go and we'll see what happens. And it turned out that it was fine, totally fine. And a lot, and you know, there were some positive cases that popped up and more often than not, those cases were related to things outside of school. It was, you know, people getting together with friends outside of school, not being safe, um, stuff like that. So it turned out to be relatively safe. And so I went ahead and sent my kids to school. Now, that's not exactly uh, leading with the heart. That's the example of practicality, you know, letting the other kids go out into the world, into the schools and see what happens and then making a measured decision on whether or not to send my kids uh, a couple days into the school building. But then there's the example of blind trust and faith, that, that big leap. And uh, I might have talked about this in, in another episode, but if you've heard of it, it doesn't hurt to hear it again, but this story of my decision to go to India was very much from a place of trust, deep trust, and taking a leap that my heart knew we needed to take. So I was at a writing residency. This was a couple years ago. Uh, I was at a writing residency in upstate New York at the Malay Colony for the Arts, and I um, needed my yoga. <laughs> so, you know, I can't just hole up in the, in a, in the mountains for a month and not do any yoga. So I did a quick Google search for the nearest yoga studio and I was under this impression. The campus uh, for the Malay Colony for the Arts is beautiful. It's a beautiful little campus in the mountains near the Berkshires um, in upstate New York. And the way it's situated, it feels very isolated. Like I thought I was in the country and there was no sign of quote unquote civilization around. Uh, turns out I was wrong because places like Tanglewood and Kripalu were only 20 minutes away uh, as far as a drive goes. And um, I found this yoga studio online uh, and before I could even find out how close it was, before I could even find anything out about this yoga studio, something caught my eye. So I did the search, clicked on the first thing. I said, you know, I looked, it said it was like, I don't know, however many miles away it was. Clicked on the, the webpage. The homepage popped up for this studio called Super Soul Yoga. And there was a button on the upper right corner of the screen of this web page and it said um, come to India and I was like what I was like yes my entire body experienced this really high vibration 
just like instant zero to 60 in one second flat. And uh, I was like, oh my God, what is this? So I click on it and it is advanced teacher training, 300 hours um, in India studying bhakti yoga, which at the time I was so wanting to do, I wanted to pursue a deeper study of bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of love and devotion. Um, and I wanted to learn how to play the harmonium, which is uh, a big part of that practice of that specific kind of yoga. And this training had it all. It had, um, you know, advanced training for teaching yoga, for um, advanced assists that you provide as a teacher to your students. Um, but this was the thing that got me was harmonium training. I was like, what? You know, chanting. There was some um, level, uh, introductory level uh, introduction to Ayurvedic, um, Ayurveda. I can't talk today. <laughs> on a podcast, right? Um, it had all the things and I was so excited. I was so thrilled. I was like, yes, 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 yes. My heart was saying yes, 100%. Like my my chair, like I wanted to jump out of my chair and jump up and down and say, yes, 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 yes. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, this is it. I wanted to go to India. I want to do this, like that, that. Oh, the biggest yes I had ever experienced. Um, and so I went through the, um, the page to see all the, you know, the, the things that were offered for this training. Um, and I was like scanning, 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 where's the price? What's the tuition? Like, it didn't even matter. It was just, actually, it didn't matter. I wasn't looking for price. I was looking for application. And I was like, okay, I'll fill out this application. Oh, you want a deposit? $500 deposit? Okay, go. So I just did all that. I didn't research the teachers. I didn't do any of that stuff. I just knew this was the big yes. And I trusted that this was gonna happen. I put the deposit on my credit card, fill out the application, cross my fingers, and I was off. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. You know, my ego caught up and ego was like, what just happened? <laughs> so, um, so after I did that and I was like shaking from so much excitement, I did some research, you know, on the studio and the teacher, loved Raghunath. Um, he's, uh, he's an amazing teacher and um, went to his studio and took his classes while I was in residence at Malay Colony and loved, just loved it, loved his classes, loved his personality, his style of teaching, all the things. And I said, oh my God, this is so right so right and I got to be part of a the yoga community there um, it was amazing how welcoming they were for me even though I was just you know there for a month um, and it was you know all lights are go and then I uh, <laughs> I did at one point look at the tuition price and I was like hmm how am I going to pay for this I didn't freak out like oh my god it's so expensive or I didn't freak out to say oh my god it's never going to happen no my thinking and I noticed this and I thought it was really interesting my thinking was I need to get this money I'm going to find a way to get this money and it's going to work out how not sure yet we'll figure it out you know and that was in June of 2018 
So then August rolls around and I'm like, hmm, I have to pay my first installment for this, this trip. And yeah, how am I going to do that? <laughs> so I came up with a way I ended up, um, putting together, you know, I was meditating and, uh, the idea of setting up a GoFundMe page came to me and my ego was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Are you kidding? No, no, no. We don't ask people for money. You know, we are self-reliant. We can, we can figure it out. We'll work hard. We'll, we'll do something. The whole work harder thing was still very much a mantra that I had in my head, which now has been, um, revised and diminished and removed not entirely removed but we're, we're trying to kick it out the door but yeah so ego was like we got to work harder finding ways to earn money blah 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 blah. but my spirit higher self was like no set up a gofundme page and put it out there and we'll see what happens so i listened to my higher self i set up a gofundme page that day i meditated in the morning and then had some breakfast and then set up the page um and I was like, hmm, do I offer perks? Do I not? Do I just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Can you support me? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there as this is what I'm doing. Can you support me? No perks, no extra work. Just put it out there because that's what came to me in my meditation. And um, within five minutes of me sharing it with my friends, I got a $1,000 donation from a friend. I nearly fell out of my chair. I was beside myself. I mean, just thinking about it now and talking about it, I'm still beside myself. <laughs> you know, I mean, the instant support was incredible. And so this is an example. Of course, you know, I, I was able to, to raise the money, went to India, had a transformational experience. Um, I mean, met some incredible people, incredible people. I got friends all over the globe now, which sounds really cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, forever changed by that. But all this to say that I took the leap and trusted that it was going to work out in my favor. And it did. And it is so amazing when that happens. And, you know, often it's not things that happen at that level. Sometimes it's not that big. Sometimes it's just like, I'm going to hit all the green lights because I am in a hurry to go pick up my kid who is waiting for me at the dance studio because I fell behind, you know, in terms of meetings or whatever. Um, it's all in your favor. And to have that as a mantra can be so liberating where perhaps you make choices that you normally wouldn't you would take choice make choices that seem crazy that seem risky that seem like it's not going to work out but if you can trust yourself if you can trust your heart and that inner knowing it does work out now there's a caveat with that okay it doesn't necessarily work out in the way that you want it to. Let me say that again. It doesn't always work out in the way that you want it to. 
Sometimes it works out in unexpected ways. Sometimes you don't like the way in which it works out. That's not how the universe works. The universe doesn't work according to your plans. The universe works according to what is best to serve your highest good. Now, the voice that says, my highest good, I know what my highest good is. And it is, uh, I don't know, like a million dollars, <laughs> which could be true, right? Maybe you say, hey, a million dollars, my highest self is so in alignment with that. We need, the, we need that million dollars. Cool, right? Awesome. Way to put that out there in the universe. The universe will deliver. Now, will that million dollars look like a check? I don't know, like $1 million written out to you, signed by who knows, the universe. Will that million dollars show up as stocks or 500 people signing up for your online course or generous gifts from people you don't even know? And when I say gifts, maybe it's, you know, physical gifts. Maybe it's not million dollars in cash. Maybe it's, I don't know, a diamond necklace or bars of gold. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, you know, coming up with this off the top of my head. But all this to illustrate that you may not get what you want in the way that you want it. You just have to focus on what it is you want and let the universe worry about the how it gets to you. That's hard because we are all designed, well not designed, conditioned to want to have control. And when we don't have control, it's scary, but that just speaks to a lack of self-trust. We gotta trust ourselves, we have to trust the universe, that things will unfold as they need to for us to grow and evolve as spirit souls. And yeah, maybe we'll get that million dollars. You know, I have no doubt about that. If you've got the intention from your highest self to manifest a million dollars because you need that to help other people, you need that to care for yourself more fully, it's coming your way. You may not know how, you may not know what it looks like until it shows up, but it's coming and to trust that it will come. So to think about this idea of everything rigged in your favor, everything is, everything is. And I know there's some hardships, hardships out there. There's some struggles, you know, people are suffering. Uh, people are going through a lot of, of struggle and pain especially with this pandemic. And so if you're one of those people and you're listening to this and you're like, what are you talking about, lady? Everything's rigged in my favor. This doesn't look like anything that I want. You know, I didn't ask for the pandemic. I didn't ask to get laid off. I didn't ask for my kid to learn online when that is probably the hardest method of learning for her. I didn't ask for that. 
and this is true, we didn't ask for it. But can we shift our way of seeing things into this idea that it is rigged in your favor? And now the question might be, well, what does that even mean? So let's say you got laid off because of the pandemic. The business you were working for shut down or um, temporarily closed and they had to lay off some people. You know, you're out of work. What possibilities have now opened up for you? Often the default response is I got laid off. This sucks. I don't have a job. What am I going to do? I got to put food on the table and nobody's hiring. It's a tough time. I mean, listen to all these, these phrases. They're all negative and they're all looking at lack, right? What if we shifted that to, huh, I lost my job. I don't really like it anyway. So that's good. I don't have to deal with that particular manager or boss. All right. All right. I'm starting to see things. Now, I don't have a job, which means I'm not earning any income. And I need income in order to keep a roof over my head and put food on the table. So what can I do instead? What can I do to meet my needs? Well, I can always start that business I've always wanted to. I kept putting it off on the back burner. And now, you know, what else am I gonna do? Might as well, right? I got the time. I got the resources because the internet is like exploding with so many opportunities for building a business. So many new platforms are out there. I mean, technology is great. I'm going to start my own business. What is my business going to be about? I don't know yet, but I know that I want to start a business. So let me think about it. Let me brainstorm. Let me read on it. I used to not be able to read. Now I got all this time to read. This is amazing. And so you see how the the talk, how the thoughts start to shift and the momentum starts to build towards either direction. You know, when, when the negativity comes up, the momentum builds in that direction. When the positivity comes up, then the momentum goes that way. So what you focus on grows. And this is something that I say a lot. This is something a lot of people um, say a lot. Whatever we focus on multiplies. So if we're going to focus on lack, we're going to focus on what we don't have, that's just going to amplify and magnify more of what we don't have. I don't have a job. Oh, look, I don't have any money. Oh, look, I don't have any food. Oh, look, there's just nothing. Or I don't have a job, but look at all this time I've been given to pursue the thing that I've always wanted to pursue. This is so exciting. Now I have time to build this business. Or now it's the t- now I have all this time to spend with my kids. I can help them with their homework. I can be present for them. I can make them a home-cooked meal. I can physically spend time with them instead of catching them right before bedtime because my commute is so long. So framing how we respond to these events in our life 
determines if we see that everything is rigged in our favor. And again, you know, the whole idea of everything rigged in your favor is a belief. Will you choose to believe it? I certainly am because it makes life that more enjoyable, much more enjoyable. It makes me feel a little more free. Because I can trust that no matter what choice I make, that is a step closer to my evolution, my freedom, my liberation, whatever you want to call it. It's closer to me living my best life. And we have power over our ways of seeing things. We can choose how we want to see things. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about the rest of this Rumi poem, where he talks about, I know there's a gold mine in you. When you find it, the wonderment of the earth's gifts you will lay aside as naturally as does a child a doll. So he's telling us that we've got so much magic inside of us, so much. And when we can stop looking outside of ourselves, then we'll really get to see how much we shine. You know, I've said in the past before that we are love made manifest, that joy is not something we seek outside of ourselves. Joy is already inside of us. You know, people say, hey, you know, what's the secret to happiness? Happiness is an emotion. Happiness is something that comes and goes. It's, it's fleeting, you know. It's, it's like happiness is a piece of chocolate that melts in your mouth and then it's gone. And you had that moment of happiness. And yes, I am grateful for that. But joy, joy is eternal. It's not changing. It doesn't go away. And it's, it's sitting right inside of us. Now, the trick is figuring out a way to get to it, right? To tap into it, to access it, to find it again and allow it to shine forth. And so what Rumi's talking about is there's a gold mine in you, and that is the joy that's within us, the joy that lives right next to the love that we are. So in my head, I imagine it as, all right, so we are all divine light. You know, we have spirit souls within these bodies, and I imagine it as flames, right? of love and joy is the glow around the flames joy and love are intertwined and they are eternal and so our work is to peel away these layers of conditioning in the three-dimensional world the physical world to peel away our attachment to the physical stuff you know yes The earth is beautiful. The earth has many gifts and we are stewards of the earth. We are stewards of her land, of her gifts. And we need to remember that and care for her. But also there is beauty within us. There is gold within us. And so once we can understand that or at least start to create awareness around that I don't know if 
anyone can fully understand that um, because that's that's a, a work in progress that's a journey of deep inner exploration but every now and then you can tap into that joy into that love that you are but once we figure that out like hey you know what I'm having a bad day but I got joy inside of me it doesn't matter my external day my exterior day maybe it didn't unfold as I wanted it to maybe it didn't meet my expectations but that's okay because I got joy inside of me and you know what everything's rigged in my favor so this bad day is really not a bad day this bad day is just a label bad is just a label for the day that I experienced and I'm just gonna take note of that I'm gonna learn whatever lessons I needed to learn from that experience of today or whatever day it is but then to take comfort to take residence in myself and to bask in my own love and joy that resides inside of me it's not nice I know it's it's a crazy thought not crazy but not easy we'll say because I'm thinking about what I just said and if my younger self heard this my younger self would be like yeah yeah whatever you're so woo-woo you know so new agey you're so spiritual you know with the air quotes <laughs> and that's only because my younger self didn't believe it my younger self needed proof needed some kind of evidence that that there is love and joy inside of us um, and so maybe that's the case with you too dear listener so I invite you to take a look at that skepticism to say hey all right so this person is talking about love and joy inside us and I really haven't been living living a good life um, maybe maybe I'll just take some time to look over my life that I don't like so much and ask myself okay can I shift the way I'm looking at my life now I see where I've come and how far I've come I see what this way of looking at my life has done for me or not done what might happen if I shifted a little bit so try this experiment how about for this week you pay attention to how you respond to things that happen in your life good or bad you know easy or hard try to approach them as a neutral that's also a hard practice but just try it and say all right what meaning am I making of this thing that happened because you're gonna automatically create meaning out of everything which that's what he, us humans do right so to be aware of what meaning you're making out of something and once you become aware of that can you shift it into something more positive now I'm not saying you know everything is all like rainbows and unicorns it can be but to understand that there are things that happen in our lives that are designed to teach us some lessons that will help us evolve into higher beings and I think that's cool <laughs> 
And if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, that's not cool, then maybe you should be listening to this podcast. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm glad you're here and that you're listening because I want to share the knowledge that I have, that I've learned over the years with those who might be seeking some answers, might be seeking a way to shift their experience of the life they're in now. And I hope that you're able to do that. Okay, so I think I am going to close this episode with Hafez. So we're going to do a little flip-flop, right? All right, Hafez, don't worry. You got your, you got your time here on the, on the podcast. Let's pick a poem at random. Oh, this is so funny. The title already is makes me laugh. But I want to say this is in the style of Daniel Ladinsky's translations, so it makes sense. If it were Coleman Barks translating, it might have some different word choices. Okay, so this is the Hafez poem. Where great lions love to piss. A royal temple has been built in a sacred forest on the exact spot where for thousands of years great lions have loved to piss. God does not like this. His cherished beasts no longer able to leave their holy scent in the jungle near a favorite resting spot of God's left toe. My dear, I am about as far from a sacrilegious man as this world can endure. For I have found the power to say no to any actions that might harm myself or another. Listen, love reveals man is so endowed to lift up his leg upon galaxies. <laughs> Oh, I'll let you guys chew on that one. Maybe we can analyze it and deconstruct it in the next the next podcast episode. <laughs> I love that. All right. So on that note, I will close this episode as I always do. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle at Surya Gyan Yogi, S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I, or visit my website to learn more at suryagyan.com. Your best healed life starts now.